We are Allie and Erica, certified integrative nutrition health coaches in gut and hormone health and the hosts of the podcast, Courageous Wellness. We are committed to destigmatizing conversations in the wellness space and celebrate the experiences and lessons of our guests in pursuit of physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness. Listen to Courageous Wellness wherever you get your podcasts with fresh episodes every Wednesday. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. You may know that I have an extremely difficult time with everything having to do with meal planning and preparation. I mean every single step. From planning the meals to going to the grocery store to the cooking itself, it's all very, very challenging for me. And unfortunately, my husband feels much the same way. So before our family found Green Chef, we were honestly scrounging around for dinner or ordering takeout most nights. Green Chef has been a great solution for our family. They offer 24 always-changing recipes to choose from every week, featuring premium, clean ingredients that are seasonally sourced for peak freshness. They have options for every lifestyle, including keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, and gluten-free. Green Chef has made it so that my husband and I never have to wonder what's for dinner. We just open the fridge at 5 p.m., pull out one of our Green Chef bags with the pre-portioned ingredients for that specific recipe, and start cooking. A hot, restaurant-quality meal is on the table about 30 minutes later. Our favorite meal so far has been the Middle Eastern-style beef bowls. It was truly delicious and something we never would have made on our own. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, so with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. I love switching between the brands, and now my listeners can enjoy both brands at a discount with me. Go to greenchef.com slash 3in30130 and use code 3in30130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Yes, you heard that correctly, $130 off plus free shipping at G-R-E-E-N-C-H-E-F dot com slash 3in30130 and use the code 3in30130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. Welcome to 3in30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. For all of you mamas of one out there, what do you envision when you imagine adding a second baby to your family? And for all of you mamas of many out there, what do you remember about adding a second baby to your family? My guests on the podcast today, Hannah and Kelty, the twin sisters who are the founders of the parenting movement Upbringing, said this to me, and it resonated so deeply that I just had to write it down. Kelty said, I thought adding another baby would mean more love, more snuggles, more squidgy little feet, more laughter, more connection. And it definitely did add all of those things. But I didn't realize all the other more things that would happen. More crying, more anxiety, more stress, more messes, more juggling, and more divide and conquer existence with my partner. Doesn't that sound about right? Adding a new baby to your family, whether it's your first baby or your fifth, 
always comes with a lot of emotions and change, all the highs and lows. And that's why today's guests, Hannah and Kelty, are so passionate about helping families to ease this transition and why they've created an online course called Right From The Start, which supports parents during the first year of a baby's life. Their course is open for enrollment now, and to celebrate, I'm airing the audio from an Instagram Live that we did together the last time that their course opened up, specifically on how to ease the transition for the siblings of a new baby. How do we create sibling bonds and minimize rivalry right from the start? Hannah and Kelty have some great ideas, which you'll hear in this excerpt from our Instagram Live conversation, where they, of course, brought three takeaways. By way of introduction, Hannah and Kelty are returning guests of the show. You may remember them from episode 212 about parenting spirited and sensitive kids. They're certified in simplicity parenting, positive discipline, and trained in nonviolent communication and foundations of the Respectful Parenting Approach, or RI. Their organization upbringing empowers parents in over 100 countries to show up and grow up alongside their kids when it comes to daily discipline. The audio for this episode jumps right into the middle of my Instagram conversation with Hannah and Kelty, so it might feel a little abrupt, but for context, I was asking them why they are so passionate about helping parents who are bringing home a new baby, and this is how they responded. Here we go. I feel like we came up against a lot of kind of cultural conditioning and these instincts that say, you know, especially when you're bringing a second kid home, this isn't your first rodeo. Like you should have it all covered. You're good to go. Post stuff on Instagram of everything going perfectly, everything looking really good. And meanwhile, no one's talking about it. No one's preparing us and others for the fact that it's actually really tricky and can feel really sad and confusing. It can be a trauma. This beautiful gift can also feel traumatic to us as parents, to our kids, to our partners. So I think trying to normalize that was was kind of the name of the game for us with this thing. We want to talk about this sensitive period of time and this transition that really can take shape differently from the start if we can talk about it enough. Yes, absolutely. And recognizing that for that older child or children, this is kind of a traumatic experience to have a new being added to the family that's taking so much of mom and dad's attention and how to recognize that their behaviors and acting out is because they are feeling that loss, not because they're trying to be bad or anything else. Everything that you will teach really comes from a lens of love and acceptance and seeing the best in our children. And that's why I've been drawn to your approach. I'm just so grateful we're going to share three takeaways about that today. So why don't we just jump in with our first takeaway about how to ease this transition for children who are adding a baby to their family? Yeah, I think we have to begin before we even list the three things, with just getting real with the fact that it's going to be a challenge and it's never going to play out like anyone else's family or new sibling relationship or dynamic. It's going to be different for every single person. It's going to be different for every single family. Every single older child is going to experience it differently. And to just say it's going to be hard. It's going to take shape in challenging ways, and that's okay. Right. Right. That our goal isn't harmony with bringing in and growing our family. Our goal is connection. That's how families actually grow. It's not just adding another little person. It's actually building skills, and that's through the hard stuff. That's why we say the hard stuff is the good stuff. And I think Mm -hmm. really easily we just can go into kind of control mode, being like, wait, the script that I have in my mind is that everyone's got to get along. So We end up using control. We feel a lot of anxiety. We control our kids. We control our partner. And the three takeaways we have are all about letting go a little bit and realizing 
that our power as parents isn't in controlling our children to act a certain way or experience this transition a certain way. It's in realizing that our power is within us to change and to grow up alongside our kids and using powers beyond control in these tricky moments. So the three areas are show, tell, and love. And so those are the three skills that we apply to this transition of bringing a new baby into the family and then building that practice and that investment, realizing, oh my gosh, this is the first transition of many transitions our families are going to go through. And these three skills, show, tell, and love, are going to be applied no matter what goes on in our life from here on forward. So it's not just like, oh, get over this new baby situation now back to normal. It's like, no, these are amazing skills that can really propel our family forward in any transition. So you can start with this transition, but you can use these three steps in any transition your family goes through in the future. That's so powerful. And the first step or takeaway is show. So how do you apply that when you are bringing home a new baby? I think it's really natural for us to think, okay, in times of transition, we want to keep everything the same. So we want to just batten down the hatches, keep our kids' routine stable as it is. And to a degree, that really makes sense and that's really supportive to a child. But in some ways, thinking about, okay, the baby coming home, it's going to be a bomb on its own. That's going to be a huge transition. What are the other changes that will come with that transition? And can we start eking into those a little bit and bringing those in in kind of a slow drip sort of leading up to that baby's arrival, if possible, so that it's not so many things at once. We want to make a list of what are all the things that might change and how can we be showing that to our kids a little bit beginning now? So, okay, what might change? Well, I might be with the baby nursing a little bit more. So maybe my partner will be the one getting up early with our older kids. Mm -hmm. Can my partner start going into that transition and showing that change? Your grandma is going to start picking kids up from school once the baby comes. So can grandma start once or twice a week so it's not so different? So that's the routine, which is really helpful. And then the environment is the other thing. I think kids are learning. They they learn with their eyes. What's going to change? So where's the baby going to be sleeping? Thinking about what will change visually at the home. So changing tables out, stroller out, new crib, bassinet out. Instead of being like, let's haul all those things out the day the baby's right. here. We're going to start planting those seeds. Where's that changing station? Let's stock it with diapers, right? Mm -hmm. Where are the baby's clothes going to be? Let's check that out so you can familiarize yourself with this so it's not a bunch of clothes, a bunch of strollers, a bunch of gear all at once. Yeah. You know, one thing that I feel like is a common thread through so many of my episodes that I'm just, I'm noticing over and over, and I think it's more for me than anyone, is slowing down the pace of our lives so that we can be intentional and have the time to even think about things like this. Because for so many of us, I think we are pedal to the metal right until the baby comes. And then it's just like free for all for the whole family versus slowing down and thinking, okay, how can we transition? How can we start setting things up in our home to show our kids what is about to come? It requires a slowing of the pace of family life in order to make sure that everybody's needs are met and that transitions are smoother. And so you start with the showing. And then what about the telling? What's your second quick way for how to do that? As we change the environment and show our kids what might be altered a little bit, a lot of questions might bubble to the surface, mm-hmm. right? And they might ask them over and over and over and over again, which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think too that um, we want to focus on things that are relevant and pertinent to our child. So I think sometimes we either hold back a bunch of information because we're afraid it's going to stress them out but they know things are changing. So then they're like, oh gosh, that increases their anxiety. Or we overshare, you know, maybe we talk about emotions too and how great it's going to be. And we kind of get into cheerleader mode or 
we tell them the impact of our work or our personal things that just increases their anxiety as well. And kids are beautifully self-centered and they just need to know what is going to impact their life. So what is it going to be? You know, what do they actually need to know? Thinking about that, bringing up these conversations and to talk about the and tell this information when they're receptive, when they're actually engaged and bringing it up in a curious, musing way, not in a warning way like, you know, you're not going to be able to climb up there when the baby comes, or, you know, you're not going to be able to be in my lap when the baby comes, or, you know, like not that kind of telling, but the kind of telling of like, how's this going to be different? Or are you interested in learning about where we're bringing the baby home from? Let's create a little book so we can tell you this visually too, for those younger kids or the older kids can make a book and be writing or drawing and contributing to that kind of narrative that's unfolding with your family. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think so many moms, a lot of moms will like journal during their pregnancy and maybe not so much with their second and third children. Because, <laughs> you know, when I think definitely with their first children, women do that and maybe with their second and third and bringing the children into that experience of maybe having them do a little journaling about what they're looking forward to or drawing a picture, just something, make it tangible to them, how their life is going to change depending on their age, I think could be really, really powerful. Yeah. And then our kids who maybe don't want to talk about what's going on directly, who are like, ah, anxiety, or I'm not interested or whatever it is, we're able to tell them in a lot of other ways. We can story tell about when they were a baby or about other babies. We can use symbolic play and tell through doing things with dolls or Legos or whatever they're into. We can tell a lot indirectly as well to help them understand and feel safe in getting the information they need at their speed in their own way. Yeah. And, you know, this is when my first conversations happened with my son about sex and intimacy and all of that. A lot of parents will say, like, how do I have the talk with my kids? And I've had an episode on my show with a sex therapist who said it should be a thousand conversations over a lifetime. It shouldn't just be the talk. And for me, this was the natural time when my son asked things like, how is sister going to come out? So then we talked about female anatomy and what that's like. And then eventually, as I knew he would, he's a curious little, not all little guys will, but he said, well, how did she get in there? And I think a lot of parents can really shut down and give some like kind of fakey answer to that or some metaphor symbol. And I just told him, matter of factly, for his age, you know, appropriate for his age, how she got in there. And that for us was a little more complicated because she was conceived with IBF. So we talked about the doctor, but we talked about how traditionally it happens and it's just such a beautiful time to slow down and have these conversations with your children about life in general and family life and the cycle of life and how we're going to keep growing together as a family and we're going to get through this time. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I think just going by the smallest piece of information from what their question was and then seeing if they want to go farther. We yes. don't have to tell them the whole story of, of whatever it is necessarily, but just kind of follow their lead if that makes sense a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great tip to wait and see what they ask before you just dump it all, which goes back to what you said about telling them the relevant information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I need to tell them everything. Right. If we're a little stressed by a question our kids ask us about the new baby or how things will change and we're not quite sure or we're overwhelmed, it's okay to say, wow, that is such a great question. I'm going to think about that and I'll get back to you and then get back to them about it. We don't, I'm not sure. What do you think? Right. And see what they what they've got to say about it. Right. It doesn't yeah. have to be a one way. It can be both way conversation, ideally. Yes, absolutely. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Haya Vitamins. 
Did you know 93% of kids don't eat enough fruits and vegetables? I have to admit that statistic was not a surprise to me because my own children don't eat enough fruits and vegetables, which is why I am so excited about Haya's Zero Sugar Kids Vitamins. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise, filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk, while Haya is made from a blend of 12 farm-fresh fruits and vegetables and supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. These vitamins are non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. Haya arrives straight to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. Your first month comes with a reusable glass bottle your kids can personalize with stickers. And then every month thereafter, Haya sends a no-plastic refill pouch of fresh vitamins that you just dump right into their little glass bottle, which means Haya isn't just good for your kids, it's also good for the environment. As a 3 and 30 listener, you can receive 50% off your first order of Haya Vitamins. Just go to HayaHealth.com slash 3 and 30 or enter code 3 and 30 at checkout. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash 3 and 30 and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Full discount applied at checkout. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headaches, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be indicators of stress. And let's not forget about doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, undereating, and overeating. I have an up-close and personal relationship with stress myself. In fact, my dad gave me the absurd nickname in high school, Stress Tholomew, because I am naturally prone to worry, anxiety, perfectionism, and overcommitting myself. And I have to add that everyone in my family was a Tholomew, and my dad just added the most appropriate prefix for each person. And yes, stress was mine. I am so happy to report that I have way healthier ways of coping with stress and overwhelm than I did back in high school, mostly from the many years that I have spent going to therapy in my adulthood. It has changed my life, my emotional resilience, and yes, even my physical health to be able to process my emotions with a professionally trained counselor instead of keeping them bottled up inside. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. 3 and 30 listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 and 30. And I think that leads really well into the takeaway, which is my favorite of them all, which is all about love, how to love these older kids well and in a way that helps make their transition smoother. So let's jump into that. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if our toddlers and our older kids could come to us when this baby comes home or before the baby's there and be like, mom, you know, like. I've got some anxiety about this baby coming and I'm just worried about things are going to change. I, I know I won't have access to your lap like I used to, or I know that I won't be able to see you right away in the morning anymore. I know that I might struggle with regressions or anxiety or those things. And so I just wanted to just talk about it with you. Wouldn't that be amazing if our kids could do that? But they don't. They don't have that awareness yet. We have to have that awareness. 
And I think it's often hard for us because we're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to bring up that baby elephant in the room, so to speak, of saying like, why would I talk about something hard? Isn't that saying that it will be hard or it's saying that it should be hard or it's going to increase our kids' anxiety? But it really kind of speaks to the fact that no, it's actually very securing to just talk about it and let our kids have their, not just their questions about information and their environment and routine, but just expressing themselves and their feelings about it, right? We really want everyone to feel so good. So we end up saying things like, the baby's going to be so fun. This is going to be the best thing ever. It's going to be so great when baby's here. And I think that we're telling them that, but we're also trying to tell ourselves that. I think we're really kind of giving ourselves a pep talk, like this is going to be okay, right? And we, we need that, but I think we can get a little bit more real with our kids and with ourselves and say, there are going to be wonderful things about adding a new baby to our family, but it's going to be hard too. I'm not sure how it's going to be hard, but we're going to get through it. You know, yeah. and so that can be that before conversation. And we can be repeating these three steps all the way through their entire lives. Basically, we can show through the environment routine. We can give information in, in real conversations and curious connections. And then we can be validating and acknowledging hard emotional things all the time. Yeah, right? it's hard, though. Yeah. And Hannah, I love what you said there about wouldn't it be wonderful if they would just tell us that they were struggling, but so often they won't. And a lot of times the only way that we can tell is through behavior. Behavior is communication. And some of those hard behaviors that happen after a baby comes, it can even be months after a baby comes. You may think you get through the first week and you're like, they are doing great. This is going to be easy. They love the baby. But then like a month or two later, you have these really hard behaviors. And instead of painting your child as this little monster that is mean to the baby, or disciplining them, or why can't you be a good big brother and sort of shaming them, seeing their behavior as information about how they're feeling about what's going on. And what would you add to that? Yeah, I mean, we're just not trained and, and skilled in looking beneath behaviors for underlying needs and understanding that as our kids are going through this huge transition of bringing a, a new baby into the family, they're experiencing stress. And they're going to show that stress in the best way they know how based on the temperament they have, the nervous system they have, the communication skills they have, the opportunity and relationship they have. And it's not always going to look pretty, right? I think a lot of folks come to us and they're like, okay, so this is not going as planned. They're hitting the baby. They're saying they hate the baby and to return it or put it in the compost pile. They're saying all of these things and it's really rocking my world. What do I do? And then we have other folks who are like, oh my gosh, everything's great. They love the baby. Oh, but also they're clinging to my leg and won't go to daycare anymore. They're hitting their other sibling, right? They're fine with the baby, but really struggling with other siblings. All of a sudden they're pooping on the floor. Like what's, what's going on? Only eat white foods and sleep with the light on. Right. And all of that is stress behavior. And so we have to keep remembering and re kind of interpreting and, and translating their behavior. Like you said, Rachel, as communication and saying, I need help. And not getting into that shame and blame kind of binary that we can really easily do, like blaming our child for making this really hard, ruining our lives or putting our family's harmony at risk or the shame we can experience of saying, I'm ruining their lives. So yeah. we don't want to get into that, that binary. Yes, absolutely. You shared a really powerful testimonial about a woman and her husband. I don't know if they've taken part in your course or they've listened to your podcast and seen your work. And do you want to tell that story? I, it almost made me cry when I read about this father's response to his toddler. I think the story was that the new baby was less than a week old and they have a very challenging temperament, spirited three and a half year old, I believe. 
who, after the first kind of big evening with the grandparents over, had an epic meltdown and was trying to hit them and was really struggling. And, and I guess the husband looked at the wife and said, what was it that they said on the podcast? This is normal. He's doing what he needs to do. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And they were looking at that stress response for what it was, which was just a challenge with the transition, right? Mm-hmm. And an expression of the stress. Right. And not to yeah. say we should allow our kids to hit the baby and wreck the house and, and go into total chaos. And that's what we unpack in the course. An entire module is how do we actually support our kids? We can believe that it's okay. But then to a point is like, how do we show up with those loving limits? How do we actually make this okay for them and okay for us, right? So that we can see to that new baby. Yes, absolutely. And the part that really got me in that post was that the mom said the dad held the tantruming toddler and said, I'll keep you safe. This is hard and I'm going to keep you safe and saw the behavior for what it was and reassured that child. I mean, for a little two-year-old, how how soothing for a 37-year-old which is what I am, to have somebody, when I'm at my worst, hold me and say, I see you. This is hard. It's going to be okay. I'll keep you safe. Like, that makes me want to cry, thinking about my family. And that's what a family is. That's what a family should be, is those relationships that can see through the misbehaviors, can understand the pain underneath and say, I'm right here and I'm not going anywhere. You know, and that's, that's what you teach in your course. So how do we as parents, what are some concrete ways that we can do this for our kids? If we have a new baby, how do we continue to reassure them about our love or make sure that they're feeling that when we have the new baby? So one thing is to just be validating and acknowledging the feeling. So whether they're saying straight out, I don't want the baby or I don't like the baby or whatever it is, okay, or I don't I like you, you, or I hate you, or I only want Papa, not you, which happens often. We're just going to say, I hear you. I hear that. Okay. Thanks for sharing that with me. The impulse, the, the stress is real. I'm going to acknowledge it and not invalidate it. Yeah. yeah. And then I would also say just being ready to show with loving limits rather than tell. I think oftentimes we'll test our kids and be like, don't touch the baby or don't get back on that screen or don't whatever it is. And instead, they're showing us that they're struggling to do that. And so following through lovingly saying, I'm going to help stop your hand. One of my favorite parenting phrases that I've learned is I won't let you hurt the baby or I won't let you hurt yourself or hurt your sibling. You're basically saying like, you may not be in control right now, but I am and I'm not going to let you do something that you will regret that I know you don't want to do because I'm stable and safe and you can rely on me and I'm not going to let you act in those ways. So that's kind of having that healthy boundary around it. I've also heard you say how important it is to continue to give those older children your time and attention. And sometimes you have to let the baby cry for a minute and meet the needs of the older children. The baby's okay, you know, and they're watching and they notice if you drop everything immediately and go to the baby and just ignore them. And so kind of balancing those needs a little bit and continuing to be there for those older children as well. Yeah, it can so easily be like our primary objective is to just see to all the baby's needs and carry the baby around with us. And so many folks we work with, especially in the course, realized, oh, my gosh, my baby's needs are getting met and my older kids needs are not often getting met. And it's okay for me to set the baby down or let them wait for just a quick minute so I can show my older child that their needs matter, too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, this has been such an amazing conversation. This is just one module in your course about the sibling relationship. I think it's probably pretty clear to everyone how incredible your course will be and filled with value. So tell us a little bit more about the course and what's included in it. Yeah, we work primarily with parents of spirited and sensitive kids, so toddlers and kids. And same with Jen Lumenlin of Your Parenting Mojo. But we were both realizing in our separate communities that a lot of these parents are having more babies and they want to do things differently with their new babies. And they also want to understand how to do things differently with their toddlers and their kids at the same time. And so we thought, let's do a baby course and we'll call it right from the start, which isn't right or perfect, but helping parents understand and attune to what feels right for their family. Beyond those prescriptive things, beyond the dogma and the anxiety saying, I'm going to tune in to what feels right for me with feeding, with sleeping, with diapering and dressing and bathing, we'll give the research to everybody, we'll help them challenge their instincts, right? And then help them understand what approach to take with their babies and then also with their older kids in the same way. So beautiful. And I love the idea of aligning it with your values, your family values, who you are, the kind of parent you want to be instead of looking outside and saying, well, so-and-so says that this is how I should do it. It's about tuning in, learning, and then making some decisions as a family, how you want to do things. So I will include the link to your course. And thank you so much for your work that you do and all of the help that you give to families. It's amazing. I hope that people will check out your podcast, your Instagram, your course, and just thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much for blast. Can you feel the calming, loving, and supportive energy those twin sisters have? I wish they were my neighbors so I could soak in their wisdom and their perspective every day. If you're craving more from them, I highly recommend their course for parents of new babies called Right From The Start, and I will put my affiliate link for that in the show notes. Okay, to recap, here are Hannah and Kelty's three tools to support siblings when bringing home a new baby. And remember what they said about how these three takeaways can apply to any big transition throughout a child's life. And those three takeaways are show, tell, and love. First, show. Ask yourself, what are the changes that will come from bringing home a new baby? And can we start slowly bringing those changes in now before the baby is born? For example, if you're going to be feeding the baby in the mornings, can your partner start getting up with the other children now? Or can grandma start picking up the kids from school a couple of times a week? It also helps to familiarize them with the environmental changes that will happen, like where the baby's stuff will go and so on. Let them see and experience how things in their world are going to shift. Second, tell. As we shift our environment and show our kids what will change with the arrival of the new baby, questions might arise. Respond to their questions in a curious way rather than in a warning tone about what they will or will not be able to do once the baby comes. Open and respectful communication is the basis of loving family life, and this is a great time to practice that skill. Third, love. Wouldn't it be amazing if our children could come to us and express their anxieties through words? Since they're not yet equipped with that awareness, we can initiate those conversations ourselves to allow them to express their worries and emotions, and we can choose to love them through their hardest behaviors. Because remember, behavior is communication, especially for children, and they need to know that we are always there loving them through it. As I mentioned before, sibling relationships is just one of the modules included in Hannah and Kelty's amazing course. So if you like what you heard on the podcast today, you'll have to go and take a look at everything that's included in the course. I'm grateful for their wisdom and perspective. I'm grateful to you for listening in. 
and I hope that you have a beautiful week with your family.